What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! You are now listening to America's favorite craft beer podcast, a show that covers tricks, tips, and trends inside the craft beer industry. I am your host, craft beer enthusiast, Tom Simpson. Next to me, my co-host, a man with more untapped check-ins than you have steps on your Fitbit, the adjunct professor himself, Mr. Dan Howway. Tune in, sit down, and drink up. And most importantly, thank you for joining us on another episode of America the Booth. Guess I'll have to wait until then. And if I get drunk, well, I'll pass out on the floor now, baby. You won't bother me no more. And if you're drinking, well, you know that you're my friend and I say... Welcome to Season 2, Episode 53 of America the Brutiful. I hope all of you have done all your holiday shopping. I have not. Uh, and if you haven't, maybe get on that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we all have to get on that. Uh, we're nearing the end of the year, and with that, lists. There's a bunch of them. But what I'm most interested in is some of the stats that uh, you know Untapped has put out this year. We'll talk about some bangers locally and nationally when we get to releases. But first, let's crack our first beer. And this is Barrel Age Resurgent from Angry Chair. It is a blackberry brandy, barrel age imperial stout with blackberry, lavender stems, vanilla, vanillin, and cheesecake. This was brewed in collaboration with the Pink Boot Society of Florida, and it comes in one of these sexy little six-ounce bottles. Interesting. And it actually has that little pull tab, which I love. I love, you know, that they also just... They're like, we can't just put, like, flowers and vanilla in here. We got to throw some cheesecake in there, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, like, stay true to form, yeah, which is yeah. good. I can, I can respect that. Nice little bottle, pig cap, um, and it's for a great cause. So, yes. always good. Now, Untap put out some interesting lists with, uh, with, with their data. So, let's start with this one, the top 10 craft beer Craft beers with the most five-star check-ins. Yeah, and later this episode, we're going to talk to Chase from uh, Top Beer Drops and kind of get more into the, you know, beer nerdiness. But let's do the ones that uh, that Untapped put out. And yes, the top ten craft beers with the most five-star check-ins. This is going to surprise a lot of people, the list. I'm just going to run through it real quick, and then uh, we can talk about it. Number one was Pliny the Elder with 10.6 thousand five-star check-ins. Hetty Topper with around 10,000. Number three on the list of the the beer with the most five-star ratings on Untapped in 2022. (laughs) Yingling. That's... Shocking. And then after that, we got Bell's Two-Hearted, Zombie Dust, King Julius, Wes Vlerton 12 for, you know, for many, many years was known as the best beer in the world. Very good beer. Yes. Uh, Focal Banger, Hop Slam, and Duvel. Very interesting. Uh, Yingling, I would not expect to see so so high on that list. Right. But, you know, Yingling, America's uh, oldest brewery, right? (laughs) It is. You know, it's got a very passionate fan base. Um. So, you know, who knows? It's, you, pr- it's probably the beer that I've drank more than any other beer ever in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Well, well listen, when, when I was in college, the Wednesday nights over at uh, Golden Rail in New Brunswick, which is, you know, if you're not listening, you're not from Jersey, that's Rutgers uh, Beer Bar. These have 22 ounces of Yinglings. They call them bombers for uh-huh. like 250. <laughs> How could I've you not? I probably drank more Yingling that year than I've 
drank in craft beer in years. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes, of course. And and so my opinion with this, so there's a lot of old school craft beer on here, with the exception, I would say, of King Julius, which even though it's that beer's been around for a while, uh, hard to get, right? But a lot of these other ones are like OG craft beer, and my opinion as to why there's so many five-star ratings on these is – Let's say I had Pliny the Elder in 2016, and it was so cool that I got it then, and it was so much better than most of the things. I might have given it a five-star rating. Any subsequent rating of that, maybe I'm just not going to change it. I'll check it in again. It automatically comes up as five-star. Right. Boom. Checked in. I think it's interesting that King Julius is on. I would think almost that Julius would be... Not, not that it's necessarily like a better beer than King Julius, one versus the other, mm-hmm. but just the fact that it's... Like a staple that people yes. were introduced to craft beer or treehouse by drinking that beer, you know. So that does it does surprise me that that's made it on there above Julius. Right. No, I think that's very interesting. But I think that's a lot of the craft beer nerd. You know, that's Definitely. that's a big craft beer nerd beer. King Julius still got a humongous rating on Untapped. Yeah. No, it's it's a great beer. Let's talk about breweries with the most five-star ratings because there is one brewery that, like, basically shits on the rest. Certainly. Treehouse, 51,000 five-star check-ins. That's insane for 2022. Insane. And now, just to put that into perspective, the second one is Bells, which is a little surprising to me, but Bells with 19,300, so... Pretty close to triple, triple the amount of Treehouse versus the next checked-in most five-star yeah, check-in. Treehouse basically has as many as the next three combined, uh, which are Bell's, Russian River, and Other Half. Uh, rounding that out, Alchemist, Toplin Goliath, Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, Yingling, and Dogfish Head, which just goes to show you that a lot of us craft beer nerds think of Untapped as like, hey, that's where we you know, check in everything and we're cool and we're this little tiny community, but the community that uses Untapped is a lot bigger than that. It's a lot of people use it, not just a super, super, super craft beer nerd. Untapped is definitely, definitely reaching people that craft beer is not reaching. Correct. Yes. 100%. Top rated beer styles. Um, So these are the average rating in 2022 of each of these beer styles. And this is pretty interesting because I think there are some surprises to this list. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how to take this. The first one that's on here is IPA. It's just triple. Yeah, so a triple New England IPA. The average rating of any New England triple IPA is a 419. So... If somebody releases a triple New England IPA, anyone, any brewery, the average rating is a 419, which I think is very high. I will tell you something. When I look at a triple IPA on Untapped, if it's like, even if it's like a 4-3 or even like a 4-4, I'm always skeptical. Because <laughs> because I'll tell All you right. why. And, and maybe it's just the way that, you know, the way my palate is. Not saying better or worse or anything like that, but I just feel like it gets good ratings because of the typically high ABV that is attached to it. You yes. know, the, the the flavor almost doesn't matter. It almost comes second to the fact that you're drinking something that's like ten or eleven percent. 
Yes, there's a lot of um, ABV whores out there. Right. Which, just because the ABV is higher, they tend to think that the beer is better. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you're seeing that here. Now, the next one is a, this is very specific, it's a stout imperial double coffee. I know. And then after that is stout imperial double, and then at number four is imperial double pastry, which to me is a surprise because I would have thought pastry stout was going to be near the top of this list, only because there's so many flavors. You can you can put so many adjuncts in a pastry stout, it's kind of it's kind of hard to make it not good, <laughs> in my, in my right. opinion. Yeah, no, 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 you're right, you're right. Number five, I'll be honest with you, this is my favorite style, but I'm, I'm surprised that it's number five. I'm surprised I, it's number five I, as well. Yeah. Bar, uh, English barley wine. Yeah. 4.12, only .01 less than a double pastry. Yes. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, rounding this out, we have Imperial Double Milk Stout, Fruited Lambic, uh, Imperial Double Oatmeal Stat, which to me is kind of surprising that it's that high. Uh, double mm. Coffee Porter and Traditional Lambic. Those are the top 10 beer styles in terms of rating, top rated beer styles. Which just goes to show you there's not that many Lambic breweries out there. And when a traditional Lambic, which I'm guessing means a goose, is Belgium, a, right? It's right, be from Belgium. Is a 409. Uh, it just goes to show you, like people see lambic ratings and they're not that high, but the lambic community really loves their shit, you know. So uh, there's a reason why some of these go on secondary for a lot more. It's those people really love that beer, but it may not be to everyone's taste. Is there any style? Maybe you don't know this off the top of your head that is not on here. Well, so I expect. think that they were specific in saying beer style uh, and not mead, because I would think mead would have been the highest. Mm. And and mead is not in the top ten. I'm guessing it's excluded from that. True. Uh, also, I would imagine ciders are excluded from that. A few kind of non-beer, actual quote-unquote beer styles that are on Untapped, I think, were not on this list. And what do you think about the double? You think just too many people do double IPAs? To, it just skews? There's yeah. just too much shitty double IPA out there. <laughs> I think so. You know, you can go to local brewery, wherever you are in the everybody United States. Makes a double. Everybody makes a double IPA. Right. Yes. Right. I'm surprised, you know. That I queen... personally enjoy a double IPA more than a triple IPA normally. One hundred percent. I'm surprised a clean beer didn't. I'm not, not to say that like a traditional lambic isn't, but you know, like a, a lager. Or... Well, let's talk about lagers because they also released the top twenty-five lagers of the year. Uh, and this is the overall rating for that year, uh, the uh, rating for this year, 2022, and not the overall rating of the beer because a lot of these have been made for many, many years. Um, but it might be people's first time having it this year right this one's pretty got got a pretty clear winner to it too number one is hill farmstead memoria and that's a 4.39 that is fucking really high it's an absurd lager it is absurd a lager score so if you go through this list and this is all on the untapped blog if you uh, if you've ever checked that out we did for the purposes of this you gotta get past the ads first, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah um the top five loggers of the year are hill farmstead memoria suarez palantine pills suarez qualify pills hill farmstead marie and hill farmstead mary um so clear winners in the lager category yeah i mean the top five beers you know i mean even suarez the guys who started i don't even know his name off the top of my head but the guy who started suarez dan suarez Suarez, thank you dan um 
Brutus Hill Farmstead. <laughs> they just yes. own the top of that list. Right. So, uh, Fox Farm not on the list because that would have been funny if they were also mm, uh, on, on yeah, the that's list. True. That's uh, th- I think that's one brewery that I was surprised not to see on there. Um, but you got Phase Three. They have a BAP3 Oktoberfest. Beerstadt Lager House. I am uh, surprised that number seven is the first time they're making that list. It's true, but they're on that list, I think, again as well. Uh, Human Robots on that list three times, and Treehouse twice. So uh, loggers are coming back. People love them. And, and a lot I think of people are making them. They are. They are. And I think it's pretty cool that Untap put that list out. All right. We're going to go to break. We are going to talk to Chase from Top Beer Drops. Yeah. Before we go to break. Okay. Pink Boots Oh, aside, yeah. Yeah. The, let's the, talk about the this beer. Chair. It's pretty interesting. It um, is interesting. I liked it a lot more than the regular uh, Resurgent. Uh, this one, I don't know. The I think the barrel kind of rounds it out. There's definitely the cheesecake, which is like the last ingredient mentioned there. You actually do get it. I get you it get on that. the nose. And I also get like the, was it the lavender? Certainly on the mm. nose. And the vanilla. Yeah. Actually on the nose, it's a re- it smells like a, it's got a, it's. Got a really nice smell to it. Yes, yes. You know, really it's a very nice. interesting beer. And again, uh, you know, Angry Chair, when they make these little bottles, it's usually uh, they're usually pretty good. So. Yeah, it's tasty. All right, we'll be back. We're going to talk to Chase from Top Beer Drops. Definitely a conversation you want to listen to coming up after this. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 53 of America the Brutiful. Like we said earlier in the week, we are approaching the end of the year and following some of the trends in beer, so we wanted to bring an old friend of the show to shed some light on the year that was 2022. That's right, Tom. Let's welcome in Chase of Top Beer Drops. And for those of you who don't already follow the account on Instagram, I really think it's a must-follow for those who want to see what's going around the country in the beer world, not just locally in your backyard. I agree. So, Chase, welcome. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, let's just start with maybe the most obvious question here. What breweries made top beer drops the most in 2022? Let's chat about them, yeah. Uh, The most in 2022. So, this is kind of some partial data, I should say. I haven't normalized this for collabs and things like that but the the most host brewing do you guys want to take guesses actually before i uh debut the information sure Sure. yeah i mean it's funny we were talking dan and i were talking about this before we called you today and we do have some guesses yes Dan. okay all right so so my first guess and it's going to sound very homer ish but uh (laughs) troon releases like one thing a week one beer one single solitary beer and i think when a lot of breweries release four or five cans or four or five different offerings it kind of dilutes it but when you release one boom straight up in the air if you're true so i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess troon for one i'm not not necessarily number one but something that is definitely on that list from what i can see again not accounting for collabs Troon is number one, so congrats. That oh, was well guessed. Wow. And uh, Chase, I'm going to, and I said this too, and I guess this is kind of a homerish answer for us out here on the East Coast, specifically the Northeast. 
you know, Equilibrium seemed to be a, a brewery that was on there pretty frequently. A lot of stouts. Yeah. A lot of stouts. Yeah, I, you know, surprisingly to me, Equilibrium had more appearances on the list in 2021 versus 2022. Wow. Um, I, I feel like they they kind of came in in spurts. So I'm not seeing again. They they're also heavy collab uh, collaborators, so they might not they might not appear on this list until I normalize it for collabs. So I basically. Uh, when someone collabs, the the brewery name in my like data tracking sheet changes. So it's basically like you know Equilibrium X J Wakefield when they're they're putting out the uh, uh, Life After Death Star type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So once I like normalize that data, I'll probably be able to uh, uh, be able to give you an actual number of, of Equilibrium versus um, versus Truman or versus some of these these other folks that are towards the top that I'm seeing now, but. Yeah, the, kind of on a whim. This part, the partial data, I'm not seeing EQ at the top, but uh, I, I guess this might be a, a good opportunity for me to plug. Next month, I'm going to be doing the droppies, aka kind of like the Grammys for top beer drops. Nice. Um, and so, we'll I'll have all the all the data normalized. We'll have a full complete year, um, and and definitely celebrate all the awesome beer coming out. And, and I think another thing for Equilibrium that might hurt them on this is they've re-released a number of things uh, over the year. Batch two, batch three of certain beers. Agreed. And no matter no matter what it is, no matter how good a batch is, batch one always has that nostalgic value. It's very hard for a subsequent batch of a beer to be rated higher. I always feel like that. So Big that's, time. That's, Big time. that's probably one thing that hurt Equilibrium. All right, we want to make two more guesses, I think. I've got one in my okay, mind. Okay. Like all right, do, do it, Tom. All right, all right. I'm going to say Mortalis. Uh, Mortalis again is another big collaborator. Um, okay. I'm seeing them. I'm seeing them towards the top. Let's see. That looks like they're number seven. Oh, that's right top now. ten. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll take not, that. Not terrible. <laughs> all right, and then I'm going to do one, and then you kind of tell us. I'm going to do one last guess here. I'm going to say Fidens. Yeah, of course, of course. Biden's an interesting thing I pulled together when I was looking at this data was Biden's has made the list 13 times as just Biden's and an additional 12 times as a collaborator. So, you know, when they have Brujos in or when they have uh, Long Live in. So they, they're they frequent. Uh, they that's definitely about every other week. On the list. Yeah, that's yeah just it, yeah. about. Well, where does that put them on the list? Do you have that info? It's uh, a good question. Again, like without, uh, they are currently number four. As again, I'm kind of just looking at them as a sole brewery and not a collaborator right now. So, Interesting. number four on the list. All right. So, what do we miss? What are the big misses? Oh, oh, you have something. No, 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 no. You go ahead. Okay. What What are the big misses? What did we, we miss that uh, we're gonna, you know, knock ourselves in the head about? Okay, we'll start with the classic. Um, and I do want to talk about these guys because I feel like um, they're maybe falling off or maybe a bit of a change to untapped and how untapped is categorizing data. But um, Monkish uh, has appeared on the list 15 times, but check this out. So they appeared 12 times in the first six months and they've only appeared three times since July one. So wait, what do you mean? So that's kind of an error. An interesting story there, but I don't know if you guys are paying a ton of attention, but Monkish is a big, batch one, batch two, batch three, 
And Untapped is getting a lot better at consolidating those and saying, hey, uh, Biggie, Biggie, Biggie is just one beer. And I, I don't know if that's coming from Untapped or if that's coming from Monkish, to be candid. But my guess, they're co- they're... My, guess Sorry, is, my guess is probably the brewery uh, because yeah. anybody can create a new check-in and the brewery can easily delete it. Uh, yeah, and, good point. And for those who like to check in a lot of beers and uh, have beer ticks, they might do a subsequent batch, <laughs> and a brewery might say no. And this was a big thing, you know, predating Untapped. Rate beer would have like one. If if you had Canyon Goose, that's it. You had Canyon Goose. It didn't sure. matter if you had Canyon Goose nineteen ninety or Canyon Goose two thousand twenty two. One check in. It is one beer. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I'm thinking if I'm monkish, that's a, that's a really good point you bring up. I am going for consistency on these IPAs. Like, I don't want batch two to differ from batch four. I want biggie, 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 or planets will roll to taste the same every time, right? Yeah, no, I think that's. I, I think you make a good point because we hate that. Everybody hates that, right? When batch one is so much better than batch whatever. If it tastes the same all the time, that's what you're really aiming for. Right, right. Um, okay, uh, digressing a little bit, but uh, the other one that's actually, I, I'm going to label them the, the up-and-comer, and I'm shocked that this wasn't on uh, your guest list, but Root and Branch. Of course. Root and Branch is... Honestly, yeah, you know, they, they didn't, but that brewery didn't open. I mean, they were they were releasing beers, obviously, for a few years Out now. of Evil Twin, but Out of yeah. Evil Twin, you know, but... Right. That makes sense. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you said that. Yeah. Same. I, I would uh, speculate that they're going to be towards the top of the list in the 2023 as well. I think that they continue to pump out bangers. I actually uh, I went to Japan a few months ago and I met uh, met up with a beer nerd out there and he actually ships Root and Branch to Japan. He's like, that's one of the few, few beers that I will uh, pay copious amounts to get over to my country. How so. much is Root and Branch can in... Oh, dude! The in sh- Japan, was it twenty sh- bucks? The shipping, yeah. the shipping alone. Oh, I to ship twenty-four beers. It's probably a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I would. Yeah, add I easily. think that's right. Yeah, you know, so you thought right, right there, you're pop, you're you're popping ten bucks on every can before you even try to resell it or drink it or whatever you do. I mean, that's that's expensive. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. So those those are kind of the big boys, and uh, again, we'll we'll celebrate. Um, We'll celebrate uh, those, and I'm sure a few others on on the droppies next month. You know, I think that this is interesting, and it's a good lead into my to the next question I have because my assumption is that the the beers that are typically on this list are big barrel aged dark beers, but what we've just been talking about the, the people that are topping this list are people that make IPAs or people that are known for making IPAs and hoppies. So right, right. You know, that, so it does take me to my next question is what beer styles did you see the most in 2022? All right. So I broke it down for you guys. Um, looking at 2021 versus 2022, uh, the big, big change. And this, this adds up in my mind. I'm, I'm curious if you guys are seeing the same thing, but uh, sours or, you know, pastry sours, fruited sours, I'll even lump in there uh, farmhouse ales and things like that. They comprised uh, 23% of the list in 2021, and they dipped down to 17% of the list in 2022. So uh, 
And both IPAs and stouts are kind of like um, making up for their loss um, effectively. Uh, IPAs jumped from 32% of the list in 2021 to 35% of the list in 2022. And then stouts similarly went from 44% of the list to 48% of the list wow. in uh, for stouts. 2022. Yeah, I mean, the, the fruited, uh, that news on fruited beards does not surprise me at all. It, yeah, it seems like a lot of the bigger names you don't hear as much or see on secondary as much. It feel, you know, I feel like enough breweries are, are making fruited beers now that you can get a, a good one closer than you would yeah. have before. Correct. Yeah. It, it, Tom, I think to answer your question, we, uh, I, I want to say the highs are high with the, with the stouts. Um, I, they don't make the list week in week out, but you know, things like beer barrel time and uh, double barrel dever- uh, derivation from side project, you know, those are high rated, highly celebrated uh, beers that are definitely making the list and kind of, they have cachet for quite some time. Um, so yeah, seeing those type of things uh, on the 2022 list and it, similarly for 2021, there's a lot of scouts towards the top of the list. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think they release them as frequently, if that makes sense. Chase, you have uh, obviously a category for the, the three things that we just mentioned: the IPAs, the stouts, and the heavily fruited sours. Do you have does barley wine have its own category, or is that thrown in with the stouts? Uh, I, I kind of throw them in with the stouts. I can I can break that out for you guys um, next time we chat if you want. But I feel like that's definitely a style too that has. I'd be Up curious to yeah. know, like, what, where, how that's trended over over a couple of years. You yeah. know, I, sure. I'd definitely be interested. All right, in so uh, you know, we're going to get into some changes you're thinking about for 2023. Uh, but before we do that, I know you've had some personal changes in your life. Uh, I think the last time we talked, you were out in Seattle, great beer city. I know that you have uh, moved around a bit now, and right now you're in Las Vegas, or um, that's where you're residing now. Uh, you got it. I'll tell you, the last time I was in Las Vegas, it was a complete beer desert. I know that Beer Zombies has opened up there. How much uh, different is it now than it was, I don't know, five years ago, where if you found any, if you found Sam Adams somewhere, you were like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, You know, I I honestly think uh, Beer Zombies really opened up the scene. I think it's uh, he, Chris, and the Beer Zombies crew um, have, a huge passion for bringing in some of the the best beer in the country. Like I uh, was mentioning to you guys before we hopped on the call last uh, last week when I popped in there, they had you know a bunch of new Mortalis in the cold case. They had uh, Spanish Marie from uh, from Florida in the cold case, and he, he's just really. I, I, I think he's helping Las Vegas residents and visitors kind of see uh, see some really incredible beers come through there um and you know i'm i'd love to connect you guys and see if uh see if you guys can extract some information from him but yeah he i feel like he is uh he's really uh building up the scene i would say it's i wouldn't say it's as necessarily big a beer desert as you experienced um a few years back Maybe we'll just have to take a trip to Vegas. Maybe that's the There we go. Let's go. We'll show you guys a good time. Oh, I'm sure you will. If you will, I'm sure somebody will. Let's go. (laughs) So now, you know, Chase, I thought you've been doing this for a couple of years, right? I think that uh, I don't remember when I came across your page or Dan came across your page, but I'm going to say that it was sometime in very early 2020, shortly after 
you know, within six months of us starting this podcast. Now, uh, right before you had corrected me and you said you've been doing this since 2018, which now is like you, you got, got like four years. That's, that's impressive. Um, what are the big differences that you've seen over those past four years, whatever, almost four years that you've been doing this? Or more. Or more right? yeah, wow. years. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's funny. When I first started doing this, um, I, it, it was a labor of love. And I think I mentioned last time I was on the cast uh, that I wanted to be able to keep up with my beer share buddies and know what the scene was like. And um, now I feel like I, uh, I've surpassed them in knowledge because I have to pay attention to this type of stuff now. But um, I remember when I first started the list, it was really heavy on the, the fruited sours. It was heavy on the IPAs. And I really wanted to celebrate some of those uh, bigger uh, barrel-aged stouts and things like that. Um, I think what I'm what I'm definitely seeing over the course of the years is uh, a lot of those you know those side project beers that we were just mentioning, or Pulpit Rock usually makes the list with some of their their big barrel-aged stuff. Um, it used to be those were bottle releases, and you're only getting your hands on those beers uh, to go. I think um, I don't know if it's since the pandemic or over the uh, the last few years. I think that uh, breweries opening those up to on tap and um, being able to try it on site uh, and not having to wait for that special moment to crack some of those special beers is really altering the list um, in a, in a good way. I, I think it's it's worthwhile to be celebrating some of those those big beers. But historically, I, I don't think that that was they were making it as frequently. So. Um, that, that that's one change I've seen over the last four years. Um, definitely more. I, I wouldn't say there's a lack of four star, four cap rated breweries on tap. I, I think that the list of breweries that I follow each year grows. It doesn't shrink. Um, so that, that's also a really good thing we're celebrating. Yeah, I mean, you must have way. I mean, there's got to be. This goes without saying, probably, but there's got to be way more breweries that make that list every every single year. I don't I don't know if that's going to continue to trend that way, but from you know yeah. between 2018 and 2022, you, it's probably not even comparable. Yeah, I would think it's it's got to be at least double the breweries that I, I follow. I, I think we're up to 387 that have four caps on Untapped and. Um, and post on Instagram about their releases and have beer available to go is kind of like the three checklists that I look for week in, week out. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's a big number. I would anticipate that's over 400 within the next couple months, to be honest. Let me ask your opinion on something, because I always wonder this. Dan and I talk about it every once in a while, you know, because when you've been in the scene for, for a while, Dan's been in it longer than probably most most people. Um, I've been at it for a number of years. Do you think there is, uh, I'll give you like three options here, not, <laughs> not enough breweries in this country, just the right amount or too many at this point? Good question. I uh, I think I'm going to answer that with a, a nuance. I'm going to say too many average to below average breweries and not enough stellar breweries. And I think that is probably clouded by, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. If you want to talk about beer desert, that is the king of beer deserts, I dare Certainly. say. Um, and, I, oh man, I'm going to get slapped by some local breweries for saying that. But, um, but yeah, I think... <laughs> There, there are places like your neck of the woods that are elevating the beer game, and I think um, 
I think if you could recreate some uh, some northeast type of feels across the country, and, and there definitely are. You know, I think LA has a great beer scene. I think uh, th- there's areas for sure, um, but uh, yeah, I would say for the most part, I would say there's too many average to below average breweries and not enough stellar breweries would be my opinion i'm curious what you guys have to say about that too well i i do have an opinion on that and and that opinion is there are plenty of breweries that are never going to make top beer drops it's just never going to happen they're never going to come close but i think they serve their purpose there's that you want you know when we were growing up it wasn't craft breweries everywhere but there were the townie bars you know, there and the, sports, the, bar, the, the sports bars, right? Man, that's, the the bars where you went, you got you know cheap Yingling, you got a burger, and you got a few drinks comped. You know, and yeah, those are the type of breweries that towns need now. I think so. I think there's yeah. a lot of those. Listen, they're going to make an average lager, they're going to make a subpar IPA, but you need them. Like they serve a purpose, and especially for like the townies. Right. Serve a purpose. And by the way, well-run local brewery, you know what? If you – we've got towns around here and breweries in those towns. Those breweries make these shit beer, and they get <laughs> fucking packed because really nobody in the town cares what other people think of the beer that's been being drunk in their town. If they feel like, hey, yeah. this is a place that I like to go to and meet my friends at, those breweries could be doing very well. Right, and, and I yeah. think part of that is also the way – the breweries conduct themselves if it's very nice inside if the staff is very nice it's a place to stop by i don't need to go to a place that's going to have a stellar stout all the time but if it's a place where i can sit down have a few drinks with friends that's fun i like it yeah good perspective good perspective i I guess like what i would probably say i i would um I echo that sentiment. I would love to see those breweries constantly getting a little bit better year in and year out. To your point, they're ne- they might never make a top beer drops type of list. But um, and, and also to your point, I don't know that the vast majority of the people who are drinking it care that they are improving year in and year they out. Do not, absolutely. Um, uh, there is always the thought that the craft beer community is this, you know, refined beer nerd palate. But a lot of people just want to go to a craft brewery. It's it's, a, it's yep. a small brewery. Cool. These are beers that are different than my Budweiser, Coors, Miller. I'm happy yeah, drinking whatever they're putting out. Listen, I definitely do yeah. plenty of people outside of the... I have plenty of friends that are not deep into the beer game. You know, plenty of acquaintances. And they'll be like, ooh, you know, there's a brewery opening up. I'm like, no, okay. <laughs> I try to like get excited for them, but I'm like, yeah, that's probably some guy who was like in finance in New York who just got tired of working his office job who's like, fuck it, I want to make beer for a living. It's not going to be anything special, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. fine. You know, if they get excited about it, that's great. It's good for beer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I should say I was probably representing my perspective and not the general population of, of beer drinkers. I definitely think it's it's more along the... I, I know that the three people on this call are definitely more of the... Uh, uh, we'll call them crazy, uh, neurotic, uh, beer-chasing beer drinkers, and that is definitely not the general population. Same thing with the three people listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great point. All right, let's look ahead. 2023, it's around the corner. I know you had some changes you were thinking about uh, for Top Beer Drops. Tell us about those. 
Yeah, so uh, a few things. I would, let's start with the big ones. I think that um, the untapped, uh, I, it, this is me speculating right now, untapped I feel like is getting a little big for their britches. And I, if mm. you guys probably pay attention to this, um, they have a lot of data on their, on their site. I'm, like I mentioned, crawling close to 400 different breweries each week. Each week there's somewhere between, you know, Four and 700 beers that are released just by those um, top 400 breweries. If you couple, if you look at the entire United States, there's thousands of breweries that are creating thousands of new beers every week. I think that Untapped is having a lot of trouble keeping up with that. And um, as such, like uh, there's been multiple weeks this year where Untapped just hasn't been able to update rankings. I don't know if that is again a huge, massive, large data issue. Um, or what the deal is there, but I think, and this is a, a huge change, I'm thinking the current list looks at the previous Sunday through Saturday, so basically I update every Sunday, look at last Sunday through um, the day before, and Untap just hasn't been able to consistently keep up with that, and I have to, I would say over the last few months, I've had to publish the list late because the rankings just aren't in place. I'm thinking about maybe altering the list to look at uh, going from Sunday to Saturday to Saturday to Friday. So basically, you're going to be looking at the last weekend Saturday release all the way through um, Friday. So like a, a 24 hours or maybe 36 hours before I would publish the list. So um, that that's kind of a, an idea that I had to hopefully quell some of the uh, the data issues that I believe Untapped is running into. Um, I'm kind of curious from your perspective or any of the listeners' perspective of, you know, if you're looking at a list that is profiling um, beer that is, you know, close to, close to a week old, if we're looking at a Saturday release, is that still interesting data to you? I think absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think absolutely, okay. yes. <clears throat> no, I mean, you know, Chase, you... you yeah, you've got an interesting thing that you're doing there. You, know, you cer- <laughs> certainly, you certainly do, and uh, and um, you know, it, it's cool that you're always trying to tweak it. But it is, it is compelling. It's very digestible. Um, you know, we, we love it. I, you know, and I think I speak for a lot of people awesome. when I say that. Good, good. I'm glad to hear. That. I I get solid feedback, and so I I don't want to I don't want to mess with a good thing. But I I also want to couple that with like I want to constantly be putting out the best content that I possibly can, right? Um, so that that's one idea. I think that's probably going to go into effect. The other idea, and this is something that we've talked about historically, is really looking at slash uh, eliminating possibly the minimum rating requirement. And the reason I want to throw that out the window is I think that untapped, the, the utilization of untapped, I feel like has changed pretty dramatically over time, I would say, since I started looking at this list in 2018. I mean, look at, I, I don't know if you guys are, if you guys have kept up with it, if you utilize untapped the same way that you did six, seven, eight years ago, I know for me personally, it was, I'm getting these check-ins real time, or at the very late, uh, at the very least, I'll check in tomorrow. I, in my friend circle, it can be upwards of a week, two weeks, a month before people are checking into beers. And so I'll, I'll jump in here. <laughs> I'll jump in here. Yep, uh, I, I am still the as soon as I drink it, I will rate it. And then, you know, maybe 
once I am done with that pour of beer, I might change my rating a little bit. Probably one, nice. two, you know, whatever, because I'm an untapped supporter. Um, you know, <laughs> up or down a tick or two. Uh, but I have plenty of friends that I go to beer shares with who honestly rely on me oftentimes to go back and be like, oh, what beers did I drink? Let's go through Dan's because he checked them all in. For sure. And, uh, yeah, and you're do the, that. You're the historian. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely yeah. is. You know, and I've gotten to the point, Chase, where, I, you know, if I have something that's, that's special, whether it's just an extremely highly rated beer the the other night or the other night this is a couple months ago but dan and i were at an event um where there was a beer that was like six or seven years old i enjoyed it you know i checked it in because of what it was because it was like historical so i'm not checking in every beer you know what i mean i just sure. I, I just get lazy i just get tired uh, sometimes of you it. check those old beers in with no rating that's what i do yeah you do yeah. that yeah um yeah take a picture yeah, of it, I- remember it but it's not it's gonna be a shell of itself oftentimes unless it's a lambic or something that may have held up well or even better mm. Yeah, big time. So I, I, I think I'm trying to bend to the user behavior a little bit in the sense that untaps, it, it just, it, what I'm seeing there is less and less check-ins happening for, for new beers. And uh, so in order to get statistically significant data, uh, it's just, it's getting harder with that minimum of 18 check-ins. So um, I think we'll play with it if it starts surfacing a bunch of, um, you know, hype boy, heavily fruited sours that fall off three days later i might go back to the drawing board and um implement some sort of minimum rating again but uh yeah those i would say those are the the two big ideas that i've got for um 2023 um i'm also working with uh uh a developer right now to help me catalog uh basically ratings over time and looking at the top beers to come out of each state, each style, and look at like the optimal time to be drinking these things. It, it's oh, going to be, um, yeah, it, sh- it should be interesting. I, I don't have like a, a finished product yet, but it's it's in the works, and I think it'll be a, a pretty cool like accessible report that uh, anyone can kind of go to on on a on a website. So that's very cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this yeah. with, with all the love in the world, Chase. I consider myself a beer nerd, but you are like you know, you 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 are on a next level, bud. <laughs> Dad, I love it. I was, love it. That's so funny because I was just thinking, awesome. I'm like, this guy's like the top beer nerd. Just, <laughs> yeah. just made top beer nerd. I mean, we say that long. I love it. Hey, yeah. I will. I I will happily. I'll happily take that uh, that accolade right there. There you go. All right, listen. I got. Uh, we've got one more question for you. You've been doing a lot of traveling. And, you know, at one point, I'd say there would probably little chance that I'd get out to see you but now that you're in vegas hey maybe i will get out there one day soon but when are you coming to new york Please? bud when are we gonna crush some beers oh my gosh to state, i know i need to I, I tell you what uh this i know this is going out to your three followers or three <laughs> listeners i will make it i will make a commitment that i will be there in 2023 hopefully earlier than later okay nice. all right good you please let us know because we definitely want to go out drinking one night deal yeah i'd love it all right man thank you very much uh for calling in you know, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Don't don't play too much blackjack out there. And uh, you know. the best odds, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, this guy. Thanks. Yeah. If anybody Thanks knows the Dan odds, it's this guy. So yeah, that's right. right yeah, man. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Amen. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll chat soon. And uh, if I don't talk to you, happy holidays and happy new year. Chase, you too, man. Thanks again. Take care. We got Cheers. releases coming right, up right after this. Viva Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas.
How I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day Even if there were 40 more I wouldn't sleep a minute away Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel Welcome back, Season 2, Episode 53 of America the Brutiful Great time with Chase, always is Guy can crunch numbers Love that dude Yeah Love that dude Yeah so uh, now we're at, you guessed it, local releases, national releases. Uh, I'm going to start with local. Let's do it. And we have a good beer to, to... I mean, not just a good beer, in. like just about beer. as... <laughs> yeah, just about as good of a beer as you can get. Uh, so what you are opening right now is... It is the Timber Maris. Now this is the gold... Uh, I'm sorry, not the gold wax, the red wax Maris, which is... Which barrels? Remind me on that one. It is cognac. Ah, the yak. Uh, now, why are we opening this bottle? Well, Timber had a big release this week, uh, Gold Wax Maris, which is their annual English barley wine. It's a collab with Horace and Mindful. This one spent 20 months in a six-year Weller barrel. Uh, this is the brand new release, and uh, they also released this week Green Wax Borrowed Brilliance. That's a collab with Short Throw. Uh, based out, spent 22 months in 13-year-old Old Forester Barrel. Now, I'm about to pour myself some of this one that you um, that you graciously brought here, which is the blend two of the Barrel Age Maris Cognac Barrel. Talk You've been me. talking. I've been drinking. Yeah, it's it's it is tasty. It is tasty. I I don't remember. There was like one that was two. The two. The one was the bourbon barrel. The other one was a cognac, and I think the third one was a blend. Blend of the two. Yes. This is definitely as you would expect from what I remember of the other two. This is a bit sweeter, mm-hmm. which I would expect with the cognac. You smell the cognac on the nose. Oh, well, you can smell it, but it is tasty. It is tasty. It's very tasty. It's very tasty. Yeah, now it's a Saturday afternoon. It's about 2.30. You know, <laughs> drink, finishing this bottle means uh, I'm going to be taking a nap at some point. <laughs> All right, so that's – we wanted to start with this because, A, you brought this bottle. It's fantastic, and Maris is kind of one of our favorite um, – I don't know what you would call it, like a base, you know, like they've done so oh. many different Marises, but we always barrel look age, forward to Not Barrel Age, in the can, in the bottle, and it's been Vanilla Maris. Um, the can version was, I think, one of the better Vanilla non-BA Maris. Uh, barley wines I've ever had. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, now, any other week, we would probably would have started with Kane because they had a huge release, so let's talk about they that. They did, A Night to End All Dawns. Our eleven our eleven point nine percent imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels, and then they did three different variants of the Antide. Uh, all three of them are twelve point three percent. We'll start with the uh, first one, coconut macaroon. It was aged in bourbon barrels, conditioned on a blend of cocoa nibs from Ghana, Ecuador, and Philippines, along with Madagascar vanilla and freshly toasted coconut. We also have triple vanilla. This is uh, same base beer with a blend of Madagascar, Indian, and Cook Island vanilla. And brunch, which again, Asian bourbon barrels, conditioned on roasted dark coffee, maple syrup, and cinnamon. But that is not all. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> they, they also released Year's End. It's an 8% Imperial IPA loaded with Galaxy Nelson and Nectaron. 
And I think it's worth noting the Antied release when it came out uh, on Eventbrite. They were six per person per variant per bottle. That's and a lot. That is a lot. And the only reason I'm saying it's a lot, I don't know how big the yield was. They didn't say how many bottles of each. But I know a lot of people that struck out trying to get this. So That's weird. I think if any time there's a release and a lot of people strike out and complain, I think it needs to be dialed back. Two I feel per like person. Done that before. It has, but like if everybody, if it's sold out super quick and people are complaining that maybe it should have been like two per person. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I got you. It might just be easier for the brewery, and then maybe they just don't care. <laughs> like fuck it. It's just like it's easier to sell the, six bottles to one person than one bottle to six people. Right. Right. You know? And and uh, and they'll get it anyway. The people that really want it, of course, will get it. All right. Uh, two beers that they did that are kind of part of the holiday right holy nights they've done this one many many times imperial style condition on freshly toasted coconut cocoa nibs madagascar vanilla beans and dark roast coffee peppermint morning mocha 9.2 percent imperial milk porter brewed with lactose and conditioned on dark roast coffee from rook cocoa nibs and organic peppermint leaf and they also did a black ipa 7.2 percent called multicolored mirrors don't see that style that often so actually kind of cool that they released that yeah certainly uh icarus brew jersey i know we've talked about this before but finally released and yeah. this if it wasn't for the timber if it wasn't for the cane probably would have been the first thing we talked about but there's <laughs> a lot going on in the beer world 6.4% heavily weeded and oated Northeast style India Pale Ale was hopped with Columbus, Zaka, and Citra Incognito. It was then dry hopped with Zaka Cryo, Citra Cryo, and Taihiki. Never heard of that one before. 25% of the proceeds of this beer will be donated directly to Brewers Guild NJ to support NJ breweries and fight against unfair regulation. Still fighting a good fight over there. That's right. And this one is one of these beers that's going to be done a, a bunch of times. We're going to mention two uh, breweries later in these releases that have also made their version of the brew jersey. But this was kind of Icarus's, um, they led the forefront. Mm. On, on making this beer, right? Uh, but that's not the only thing that Icarus released. They did two beers that might interest you, also kind of holiday-related. One of them is called Cookie Tray Snickerdoodle. It is a 7% imperial cream ale brewed with yellow corn, flaked rice, oats, and American two-row barley, then conditioned on Madagascar vanilla and Saigon cinnamon. They didn't stop there. We also have Cookie Tray Linzer is a 6% Linzer tart inspired kettle soured Berliner style Weiss brewed with Scottish barley and American wheat and then conditioned on raspberry cinnamon and almonds. Ooh. All right. Let's go to Queens. Finback had a, a big release, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the BQE series. So these are all 14.8%. I'll start with the first one is the chocolate coffee. It is barrel-aged imperial stout. They all are. This one has cocoa nibs, coffee from Brazil, and Asian bourbon barrels, as we mentioned. 2022 BQE Vietnamese coffee is barrel-aged imperial stout with cocoa nibs, um, Mostra coffee, Vietnam lotus coffee, vanilla bean, and condensed milk. Interesting, the condensed milk. I kind of... Interested in that one, especially. It's, it's lactose, yeah. <laughs> well, condensed milk is super, super sweet. Yeah. Uh, double banana coconut, it's what it sounds like. Uh, coffee, banana, and coconut are the adjuncts. Uh, 
double BQE double nut caramel. So uh, with uh, barrel-aged stout with cocoa nibs from Invisible Force Coffee, Brazil Yuki Minami Coffee, walnut, hazelnut, and caramel. And they also did Mass Ornament. And this one was a collaboration with Root & Branch. It's a 9% double IPA with Phantasm, dry hopped with Lotus, Eldorado, Idaho 7, and Idaho 7 Cryo. Troon, Luddite Manifesto, 8.2% hoppy ale. Self-preservation, 8.6% hoppy ale. Dan, we were recording this podcast. Troon released the beer. Was that one of these two or what? I don't even know. Yes, I know you yes. got it. Luddite Manifesto was released hilariously while we were talking to Chase uh, from Top Beer Drops as we talked about Troon being the number one brewery Crazy. for Top Beer Drops. It's wild. Yes. So uh, Luddite Manifesto was the, is the newest one. I uh, also want to congratulate those guys on six years. They had a ton of beers on tap the day of the self-preservation release to celebrate. Um, you know, we love those guys. Would have been we nice love if somebody beer. threw them a party, but hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Seed, uh, Earnest Intent, Motueka, uh, 7% uh, beer there. And they also teased ahead to a Finback collab. And they also teased ahead to Jason from Timber as we drink this Barrel Aids Maris doing their kind of every four-month uh, stout. So I'm mm. curious to see what comes out of that. Nice. Tin Barn, Orange Nebula, 8.5% New England Double IPA. Drop a can of number one returns as a fruited sour with tangerine, pineapple, and mango. District 96 released. I love the name of this. Colt 96. It's, it's a 7% lager. Love the love, love, love the name. Uh, also, if you go there, they got uh, Enjoy the Snake, Silent Majority, Essential Juice. All those are there. And a lot of breweries are doing this. If you're looking for last-minute gifts, they have gift cards. Uh, and it's like the no-brainer gift if you want to get something for the beer nerd that is close to you. Listen, listen. Let me tell. Let me just go off on a tangent on this for a second. Okay, now, okay. Hopefully, we'll see Johnny soon. I know we want to do something up there. We're trying to make that work. You know, Johnny, Colt ninety six. Love the name. Put it in a fucking forty. Put it in a bottle. Oh, that would have been awesome. Put it in a bottle, dude. Oh, that would have been awesome. I didn't think of that. I really didn't even think of that. But that would have been that would have been cool. I might have driven up there to get that. <laughs> that would have been cool as shit. Yeah, crack yeah. that out for the holidays. Come on. Also, you know, we, we this is a beer podcast. We talk about beer. Uh, if anybody's been paying attention to their Instagram and is a big bourbon fan, I don't know if you saw Tom. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. They have uh, Pappy, uh, yes. Pappy 10. They got Lot B. They got all these, like, super hyped, um, you know, bourbons over there for anybody who wants to get a little sip of something that's going to cost a lot more if they try to get it on secondary. It is totally worth I don't know how much it is a glass over there, but even I think Johnny Portis or Rip Van Winkle when we were there the one year, uh, totally worth the few extra bucks. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. I'll <laughs> say this. I'm not a bourbon guy at all. Like, I don't really know bourbon. I can't. I like to think that I can't distinguish a good bourbon from a regular bourbon. Okay. But when I drank... Oh, you knew. I was like, oh, shit. This is actually... I still remember it. Like, this is... It's like buttery. Like, this is... This is really fucking good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. 
Equilibrium, BA All Wise, collab with Omnipolo, aged in Weller barrels for just over 18 months before we added bananas, peanuts, Oreo cookies, Madagascar vanilla, and lactose. They also did a collab double IPA with Barrel Theory called Quantum Drops, and they got a bunch of other IPAs, Light at the End of the Tunnel, Tie-Dye Science, Double Fractal Trip Lake, and Straight Out of Middletown, all those recent IPA drops out of Equilibrium. Other half. Double sunset cloud cover. Gotiti Gadeb TM whatever. <laughs> BA Stout. Uh, this is a, a BA double sunset, 16 to 23 month bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, Ethiopian Gotiti Gadeb coffee from cloud cover coffee, vanilla, and milk sugar. And Velvet Magnum 6. This is the sixth release of yeah. this. Uh, and they tried to keep it OG with the macaroon uh, cut coconut, Tahitian vanilla, macadamia nuts, and a hint of coffee and cinnamon. Might be my might be my favorite other half stout ever. Series? The series. Yes. Oh, yeah, the series. They're all over the place, right? Yeah, so. there was one year where like it wasn't as good, but like I don't know, man. Like uh, four out of five years, five out of, I haven't had the sixth one. Four out of five years. Very, very good. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, tons of fresh IPAs, as always, from other half. Uh, double dry hop, laced in space. The daydreamiest, double dry hop, cream of broccoli, double dry hop, daydreaming green, and mosaic dream. All right, Root and Branch. Uh, let's talk about them. They were mentioned. I think uh, were they number two? What did Chase say? They were they were up there though as yeah, one of number four. Oh, number four. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Uh, commemoration. Uh, fresh hop winter red IPA. Brewed with a blend of red and caramel malts, aggressively hopped with Cascade, Chinook, and Simcoe hops. I like the fact that they're doing this kind of stuff, too. Because nobody, who the fuck makes a red IPA anymore, you know? Like, that's an old school style. I don't know if I've had a red IPA. You you have. You have. Okay. You, you definitely have, like, back in the day and not maybe registered it as, like... Is that like Anything. a stone IPA? Like that type of like no, amber? I'm, I'm, I'm sure stone has made one, but uh, okay. but like amber IPAs. Like you've, you've definitely had them. But okay. nobody, no craft breweries really make them anymore. I'd so love to have it from Root and Branch. Yes. <laughs> it's probably very good. Yeah. Uh, also, Prima Materia, multi-oat wheat American pale ale brewed and dry hopped with a proprietary blend of American hops. Ooh, big secret. <laughs> <laughs> and One Dimensional Man, multi-oat wheat double IPA, brewed and dry hopped with American and German hops. Twin Elephants, Gathering Clouds, American IPA, 7.2%, Matueco, Rakao, Vic Secret, and Rawaka. And product of a mid-spent youth, 9% American uh, double IPA, Citra Cashmere, and Yukonot Cryo. Magnify released New Year's Resolution, 8.3%. Imperial IPA is brewed with a ton of oats and double dry hopped with Galaxy, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Apollo. They also did Doom Scroll, 8% double dry hopped IPA brewed with Mosaic and Cognito on the hot side, and double dry hop with Vic Secret, Galaxy, and Mutair hops. Wrong answers only, 10% triple with Citra, Mosaic, Idaho 7, Zaka, and Strata hops. Santa's Tasty Brew, 8.1% double dry hopped Imperial IPA with Mosaic and Galaxy hops. Point of Divergence, 2022. 10.5% Imperial Stout. This year's version is a blend of two and three-year-old Point of Divergence aged in sherry, red wine, and bourbon barrels. All right, let's talk alternate ending. They did a bunch of uh, different stuff here, uh, and they were just out west uh, doing a collab out in California. So I think that's really cool. That's cool. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing that when it comes to light here. Uh, but they did Born to be Bad, Double Dry Hopped, Double IPA, 9%, Nelson Sauvine, Motueka, and New Zealand Cascade. 
Inconceivable single hop double, eight percent with Strata. Love the name of this one. It's just called Gloop. Okay, just called Gloop. And I think it's a great name for what it is. It's an 11.7% imperial oatmeal stout with chocolate and graham cracker. I would assume that's thick. Uh, if it's called gloop, it better be better thick, be. right? Good night, sweet prince. All right, I'll go. Sure. <laughs> 5.2% Czech lager, uh, double decoction. We remember that. Mm-hmm. Fooder lager with Saz and Contessa. All right, Brick City. We mentioned Brew Jersey. They're one of the breweries that put out their version of Brew Jersey. Um, They also did Mango Jams. Uh, This one's been done before. It's a milkshake-style double IPA with lactose and double dry hop with citra and mosaic before being conditioned on vanilla and what they call a ludicrous amount of sweet, sticky mango puree. Ooh. Evil Twin NYC. Evil Water Small Batch Series True High collab with Ivan Raman. Which is one of the... Everybody fucking raves about Ivan Raman. Like, it's supposed to be one of the best oh, I was in the city. It was a person. Mm-hmm. But, no. Yeah. I guess it's a ramen noodle house. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Inspired by the Japanese drink made with oolong tea, yuzu, and sweet potato. Creme de la creme de la creme. The collab with other half. 10%. Cool. Triple IPA. Triple dry hopped. With Citra, Citra, Cryo, Mosaic, Mosaic, Cryo, and Galaxy. you They are mm. really hitting, like, the craft beer nerds, like, uh, you know, hierarchy of hops there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would, I'm sure that that's got to be a good beer. Um, Southern Fructus Danica, Peach, Blueberry, Coconut, Sour, collab with Two Tides. And they've done this one before, and... The the first one was one of the best I think they've ever done is Paul Grenier's Legendary Sangria. It's a collab with Mortalis and Fidens. It's a red sangria style sour. They also did To the Milky Way and Back 13. Crazy that they're up to 13 of these already. Cranberry, Tangerine, Pineapple, and Vanilla. Uh, going to Jersey for a second. Hackensack Brewing. They recently sold bottles of their 2021 12.5% barley wine called Himton and Kasi, uh, which is cool that they brought that back and made it available to people. Uh, but they also, this was something that caught my eye, they started selling 60-ounce pitchers of their parking lot pills for $16. Shit. Like, you definitely cannot beat that deal. 60-ounce, like, what, to go? No, 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 to have there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you people aren't just going in with like a pitcher yeah, le- and then leaving, <laughs> leaving with that, walking down the street with a sixty-ounce pitcher of beer. No, but sixty ounces for sixteen bucks is like absurd. That's great. Uh, Grim Jub Jub Bird, bright yellow spontaneous ale refermented on pawpaws, marigold flowers, fig leaves, and hardy kiwi. Love that. I really actually want to try that one. Yeah. Uh, I was able to try pawpaws for the first time this year to eat pawpaws, and they're fucking delicious. They're like a mangoey kind of yeah. consistency, right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's really it. cool fruit. Uh, I don't know. If, if nobody's ever tried them next year when they're out, and they're only out for kind of like a few weeks or maybe a month, try to get your hands on them and eat them. It's super good. They also did Tum Tum Tree, which is a blend of spontaneous and dark sour ales conditioned on spice bush berries and fig leaves. Ooh. Uh, Drownlands, December 23rd, they'll be hosting an indoor movie 
Upstairs featuring How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The show starts at 7 p.m. and seating will be provided, but limited. So please arrive a bit early to get a spot. Drinks will be served upstairs. <laughs> you did that very professionally. Uh, also on New Year's Eve, they're throwing a masquerade party open to anybody who wants to join. They just asked for formal attire for the occasion. They're going to have live music, appetizers, cocktail specials, a champagne toast, and more. They're also releasing a beer. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> Ten let's acres, talk about that. <laughs> Ten acres, coffee, 9% pastry stout conditioned on freshly roasted coffee. All right, source, back down to Jersey, uh, Jam Donuts. It's right. a 7% ABV fruited smoothie sour conditioned on strawberry, raspberry, and cinnamon. Christmas cake, 7% fruited smoothie sour ale conditioned on strawberry, blackberry, chocolate, vanilla, and cream cheese icing. And they also did Cafe Crema, a 13% ABV imperial stout brewed with milk sugar and conditioned on coffee and vanilla. Ober Creek, cadence of old. This beer was fermented and aged in oak and then aged again over Cabernet Franc Pomace from our friends over at Fjord Vineyards. And that... That looks amazing. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of that one. It looks very dark and rich. Yes, yes. Uh, Wild Air. Uh, Wild Air Beer Works in Asbury Park. They released This Side of Paradise. Whiskey barrel-aged beer conditioned on New Jersey-grown peaches. It is now available in bottles. Uh, If you've been there the last few weeks, you might have had it on draft. You can now get it in bottles. And they also released their version of Brew Jersey, which we mentioned at the top, which is, uh, you know, the movement that Icarus has uh, helmed. And you've been there. I, I did. I went to Wild Air. Should we go? Great spot. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes and yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, Marlowe Artisan Ales. Some new beers on draft. The Broken and the Dead is a 6% American brown ale. Asking Kindly featuring Galaxy. It's a 7% IPA. Uh, Muckraker did Dusk of Man. You think Muckraker, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of Amlams. You're thinking of Nice Sours. Dusk of Man is actually a 12% Imperial Stout with lots of votes and zero adjuncts. But if you did like the Sours and you want to get some to bring home, you can order them. They have two different Christmas boxes with Sours. They are available for delivery around the state of New Jersey. Did they... Are they doing the Pie in the Face series this year or no? Uh, not yet. Well, we're getting pretty close. We yes. don't have too many holidays left. I mean, usually that was released for the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, maybe coming soon. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay. I All hope right. so because those are amazing. Yeah, they're great. Okay. Conclave. Trees of Green, 8.5%, double IPA, dry hopped with Enigma, Vic Secret, Halletal Blanc, and Huel Melon. Also, uh, one thing about Conclave, which they have been doing these hot sauces. I don't know if you've seen this. I did see it, but I don't really know. And so a friend of mine uh, got one recently and said he really liked it. I got to get get over there and try to like try some of these hot sauces. What do you know? What he used it for? Uh, no, what he used it for? No, I mean put on food, right? I, <laughs> uh, of course, right. But um, I think it was the cranberry uh, reaper sauce. Ooh, Gravitational waves. Uh, you know, that's one of their beers, and somehow it's infused in this hot sauce with, I guess, cranberry and Carolina Reaper. Wow. Sounds really cool. All I don't right. know. I want to try, try these. I'm a big uh, big fan of the the hot sauces, too. I love hot sauce. Yeah. Gear Block, soaked stave. This is Imperial Stout, 10%, aged in bourbon whiskey barrels from Asbury Park Distillery. It's first bottle release. Yeah. Nice to see this, man. I mean, we went over there... Um, 
he had talked about the fact that he's like, yeah, I want to get these stouts out. When we went before they even opened, uh, you know, as a brewery's just opening, you just have things that they're just making, right? Only a few weeks beforehand, as per New Jersey state law, uh, you can't really, you know, have something that was made before all the, you know, T's are crossed and I's are dotted. Uh, so really nice to see that they have that out there. And then on draft, they have a holiday coffee stout, 9% ABV. It's an imperial stout brewed with coffee, vanilla bean, cinnamon, hazelnut, and cocoa nibs. Bolero Snort Arco Baleno. Rainbow cookie-inspired bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with raspberry, almonds, vanilla, and milk sugar. Jersey Cyclone did Super Stout. It's a 6% stout, which is a collaboration with Supercharged Entertainment. Now, you might say, what the fuck is Supercharged Entertainment? That's what I was thinking. But if you're you know, on social media, you might have seen ads for it on Facebook, because I certainly have. It is the world's largest indoor go-kart track that is opening in Edison, New Jersey. They also have, oh. like, axe-throwing and, like, video games. Axe-throwing uh, while you're go-kart driving? Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> and also, you probably shouldn't be drinking the Superstat while go-kart driving, but it's Dude, uh, it's a that collab that they did. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's supposed to be super cool. Uh, I don't even know if it's opened yet, but this was done in collaboration with them. I don't know why a go-kart place would do a collaboration with the brewery, because I was drinking driving probably not usually something you want to you know push together but yeah. uh, but they did it interesting all right Eskerhart teased ahead to bear being brewed oh i saw that that was uh exciting news <sighs> made my uh usually i need like a an amazing beard to make the hairs on my arm stand up but just when i saw that the anticipation got me super super excited uh also uh worth noting oak flower uh, if you haven't been there yet go but they are doing they're filling growlers on thursdays between 4 and 7 p.m and i remember seeing this news and uh, i you know i was at a beer share actually when i i saw this news and i said they're opening up on thursdays for growler fills i was like that's interesting to me because you don't hear much about growlers anymore you hear about crowlers but I think it's something that's super cool for the local community. That's right. You know, you're a local there. You're going to say, I'm going to go and fill, you know, a growler. They're going to sell their own growlers. I think it's a great idea. Oh, wait. Can you, do you have to buy their growler or can you bring your own growler? I think you can bring your own, but, oh, no, but for those who don't have them, you can buy one from them. Yeah. No, I are they doing that every Thursday? every Thursday now? Yeah, between four and seven. the The tap room is not open; it's just kind of to go growlers. Great idea. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. All right, national releases. We'll start with uh, Dan's favorite brewery. I shouldn't say that. One of Dan's favorite breweries. <laughs> it's a brewery I like very much. <laughs> Corporate Ladder. They did a four bottle drop. They got some sexy digital marketing. I saw on their Instagram. They did scanning over those black matte bottles while they were. It was cool. <laughs> Uh, the first one, Dessert Station S'mores. 13% dessert stout with marshmallow, cocoa, and graham cracker. All right, so all these are 13% ABV dessert stouts. The second one is Chocolate Sandwich Cookie S'mores. It's with marshmallow, cocoa nibs, graham cracker, and chocolate sandwich cookies. We also have Toasted Coconut S'mores. It's a dessert stout with marshmallow, cocoa, graham cracker, and toasted coconut. And lastly, peanut butter s'mores. Oh, <laughs> marshmallow, cocoa nibs, graham cracker, and peanut butter are the adjuncts. 
they did a, a can drop as well, and this can drop is going to be one that uh, holiday themed. But one of the beers I think is going to have a lot of interest for people that like a certain movie, and that's Butterbeer. It's a gluten-free beer, 6.5%, inspired by the magical Butterbeer from the Harry Potter series, conditioned on cream soda, white chocolate, and butterscotch. That sounds delicious. Yeah, these are probably very good. The Grinch, also gluten-free, 6.5% as well. Holiday-inspired beer conditioned on orange juice, ginger, mango, and lime ice cream. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, gluten-free beer, 6.5%. Holiday-inspired beer conditioned on strawberry, candy canes, red currant, raspberry, and vanilla ice cream. Hmm. Angry Chair, prestigious. Blend of BA Cupcake and BA Adjunct Trail. And that comes in one of those little bottles like the one we had of the BA Resurgent, nice. those six-ounce little little guys. The more the merrier. Yes. Uh, they also did the Sweet Embrace. It's a barrel-aged sweet stout. It's made for their Dark Embrace Festival during Tampa Bay Beer Week, um, which should be a great time. I don't have plans on going yet. Uh, it might be sold out already, actually, to, to be honest. But um, Oh, really? Yes, yes. But uh, it's probably an amazing event. And they're doing it with Cycle and uh, Ology. Very good. Barry House, they are doing barrel-aged Maltica, their third-year anniversary bottle where they lovingly condition their Baltic Porter in spirit battle- barrels for a long, restful slumber between 4 and 12 months. The barrels of choice for this year's were Elijah Craig Bourbon, Dark Door Spirits Rum, and a small batch Cherry Brandy. We mentioned Barry House. A lot of people know Tampa. They may not have been to Barry House. Barry House is a lager house, and they make really, really good lagers, which I think you need. That's something that is needed in the Tampa area. Surprise, there's not more of that. Right. With so many places that make these big, you know, pastry stouts sometimes you need a little reprieve you can go to barry house you can get some nice lagers for those who are going to tampa bay beer week who plan on doing so or going to tampa for any reason probably should definitely check them out and it's probably still over 80 degrees down there <laughs> it probably still is yeah you know. uh jay wakefield B.A. Desperado Imperial Stout aged in Woodford Reserve 10-year bourbon barrels with cocoa nibs, ancho chili peppers, and kasha bark. This beer was also briefly available on Tavor. Which is really cool. Trillium Barrel-Aged Trill Bomb. Collab with Prairie. This one has chocolate, vanilla, and pepper. I had the original version of this in 2017. That version on Untapped is still a 455. Whoa. Yeah, it was, it was a big deal when it came out. Oh, I'm sure, 2017. Yeah, Yeah, there weren't many beers like that in 2017. Uh, I'm curious to to try the new version, too. Mortalis, Cyclops, Marshmallow, and Vanilla. It's a fruited sour blended with prickly pear, blackcurrant, apricot marshmallow, and Madagascar vanilla. Gemini, which is the raspberry banana parfait, fruited sour featuring raspberry banana, yogurt, and granola. Hydra. Passion fruit, mango, and peach. Need I say more? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They also did Happy Learned How to Putt. Uh, Double IPA. Collab with Frequentum. It's a freestyle Motueka hops met with a large edition of hand-selected Simcoe and Yakima Chief. This is interesting here. Woodland Series, Will-O-Wisp, barrel-aged, fruited, smoothie, sour. 
This fruited smoothie sour has been aged in small format gin barrels. After aging, the beer was conditioned on blueberry, cherry, and almonds. The result is a footed, fruited smoothie version of a classic cocktail, gin fizz. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, Fiden's released a bunch of stuff. We'll start with the two Horus collabs. Sunflowers and Sunset. It's an imperial stout, 12% alcohol with walnuts. Kyle's Axe, double IPA with Citra, Nelson, Petrine in collaboration with Horus Aged Ales, and that is 8%. And I think it's that's a this is what you want to do, right? When two breweries collab with each other, you have somebody like Fidens that makes some of the best IPAs in the country. They do a collab with Horus. They're like, we're going to do a, an IPA together. Horus makes some of the best dark beer in the country. They also did a stout together. I think that's like a no-brainer. That's yeah. what you want to do. Why not? Uh, Fidens also had a... You know, as always, they have a ton of IPAs available. Tulip Double IPA, The Sound of Rain, Necessary Means, Pigeon Camera, Use It Up, Tuneless Moonlight, Capiti, Blueprint, Mags, and Validation. All IPAs that uh, wow. are available at the same time at Fidens. Good time to go up there. Yeah, always a good time, really. Yeah, yeah. Eighth State. Have I Gone Mad? Collaboration with Great Notion. It's an imperial stout conditioned on toasted coconut, truffle salt, vanilla, and cocoa. They also did a three-beer set of cans. And they do these little cans that have, if you remember some of these um, energy drinks, would have that top where if you popped it, it would go, you know, it would make that pop. And it was like pressurized. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Well, they did a three-can set of that. Uh, I'll talk about the base. You can talk about the two uh, ones that are not the base. Uh, Additive color, barrel cuvee, 20-month barrel-age William LaRue Weller Stout, and 19-month barrel-age Eagle Rare Stout. Additive color, vanilla barrel-age blend with Sri Lanka vanilla. And additive color, kasha and vanilla barrel-age blend with kasha bark and Sri Lanka vanilla. All right, Burial, they did a collab with a brewery you're uh, very familiar with, so why don't you take it away with that one? I hope this is the end game, a collab with Other Half. It's an imperial stout with toasted pecans, Thai banana, vanilla beans, cinnamon, maple syrup, and sea salt. Also, I knew you before you even existed. A heavy resin double IPA mashed with oats and whirlpooled with citron cognito and cryo. Double dry hop with loads of 2021 Select Simcoe, small doses of Strata and Cashmere, and finished with Eldorado cryo. Cones of pineapple gelato dipped in tangerine Skittles and dusted with pecan pixies. This beer literally looks like Pepto-Bismol, if you look at the picture. It is one of the more interesting-looking beers I've ever seen. That's why we had to talk about it. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) The subversion of a paradigmatic undercurrent, imperial stout with molasses, ginger, cinnamon, cocoa butter, gumdrop buttons, maplewood smoked sea salt, Madagascar, and Mexican vanilla beans. And serenade of chaos. Imperial brown ale with brown sugar, cocoa nibs, peanut butter, cinnamon, and vanilla beans. Vale Brewing, Henry and Skillet. It's an 8% oak-aged mixed fermentation saison conditioned with whole chamomile flour and lemongrass inspired by their Sleepy Cats. We made a Sleepy Time beer. 
It's very cute, very cute label. Uh, Anchorage, we talked about Blessed last time. It was on Tavor, um, but the actual release is on the 17th of December, which is the day that we're recording this. Um, for those of you who have not had Blessed, an Imperial Stout aged 19 months in a blend of Woodford Reserve Double Oaked Bourbon Barrels, Heaven Hill Barrels, and Willet Barrels, finished on Madagascar Vanilla Beans and Raw, as well as Toasted Coconut. Night. It's an oat stout with toasted almonds, Madagascar vanilla beans, and coconut milk, 8.5%. Uh, we'll go up to our friends in Vermont of Foam, House of Fermentology. They did Surat Dot 2022. It's an oak-aged golden sour aged on passion fruit and lemon peel. Sounds delicious. Toppling Goliath, Rye Double Barrel Assassin. That one's a big uh, one. It's already going one. for... Like sixty per in Razzles, so oh, okay. like six hundred. Say five hundred. Yeah, okay, so that's close. for now it's like six hundred uh, dollar valuation. It will probably drop a bit, but uh, Moxa, they did Chai Times, a collaboration with Weathered Souls, a twelve point two percent imperial stout with chai tea and vanilla beans. Little Cottage Brewing, Christmas Land, 13% Imperial Stout, aged in a Weller foolproof barrel for fourteen months, then conditioned on vanilla, raw coconut, toasted hazelnuts, then finally Brazilian coffee. Westbrook did their Mexican cake series. They did three of them uh, that are worth noting. Uh, bourbon barrel-aged Mexican coconut cake. 15 months in Weller 12-year bourbon barrels with coconut, cocoa nibs, cinnamon, vanilla, and habanero peppers. Bourbon barrel-aged Mexican chocolate cake. Three years in high-wire Jimmy Red bourbon barrels with a huge amount of gourmet cocoa nibs, plus cinnamon, vanilla, and habaneros. And bourbon barrel-aged Mexican horchata cake. 15 months in Weller 12-year bourbon barrels with tiger nuts. I don't know what those are. <laughs> Hopefully they're not what I think they are. <laughs> um, almonds, dried guajillo chilies, dried ancho chilies, cinnamon, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. Phase three, curvature 12, big, chewy, imperial stout recipe with a blend of raw and toasted coconut, maple syrup, and a dash of Saigon cinnamon. Dewey, now when you think of Dewey beer, you usually think of fruited sours. They make other beers, of course, but this one was uh, very different, Tom, so why don't you tell us about this one? Outsiders only. This is a 14% ABV aged barley wine, a traditional barley wine brewed with Maris, Otter, Malt, Amarillo, Cascade, and Nugget hops, then aged for 12 months in Heaven Hill Barrels. Interesting. Yeah, interesting that they would release a barley wine. I don't know if they've done it before, but surprised me. Cerebral, so they did one of these re-releases for the holidays, and they had a ton of beers that were available. Some of the highlights... Uh, were Pappy, Here Be Monsters with Vanilla. They did three versions of the double uh, barrel Here Be Monsters. They also had Monsters at Midnight, which is a Weldworks collab. Monsters of the Night Sky, which is a barrel-aged black barley wine with vanilla. Mm. Uh, really cool that they did that. I like when, when breweries will kind of open up and, and re-release stuff that you might have missed or, or didn't know was good and then realize later, shit, I should have gotten that one. Oh, yeah. R-A-R Brewing, five out of orders for the holidays. We'll go through them real quick here. Fritzel Frazzle, Easy on the Soda, Blueberry Whipped Cream Waffles, Bello Bananonina, <laughs> <laughs> Don't Get Me Wet, 
I won't. Uh, no, but Don't Get Me Wet was uh, kind of the one that really caught my eye. It's Gremlins-themed. It's got lemon lime, pastry cream, toasted marshmallow, pineapple, and what they call mogwai slime. Hmm. Yeah. Delicious. The, yeah, you know, Gremlins. It's a oh, yeah, yeah, holiday that's staple. True. That's true. Structures. Thank you for seven years. I'm guessing this is an anniversary beer. It is. A blend of bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout and barley wine with coffee and a hint of coconut. 12-ounce bottles. I like that. 12-ounce bottles. Really cool. I do like that. Uh, wax Wings. We've talked about them a bit. Uh, prison of Mezcal, right? The double-barrel Prison of Mezcal. Ooh. They're barrel-aged Old Ale, 14%. Aged in Willet family estate bourbon barrels for one year before being finished in a freshly dumped mezcal barrel. I want that beer. I don't know how to get wax it. Wax Wings is super good. If, no, for those know, of you who have not had Wax Wings out there, uh, Sleeper Brewery. I got a buddy that, who's like a huge mezcal guy. I really want to okay. try to get that beer. I think I know somebody. So Okay, great. I'm At the sure end of this podcast, probably, I'll, I'll hit somebody up. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee Heights, second beer they're releasing, barrel-aged coffee stout. Hill Farmstead released something that you were, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, that you're familiar with. <laughs> I feel like we always end with barley wines. That's okay. Aaron, Aaron, bourbon barrel-aged barley wine style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Pulpit Rock has two black barley wine collabs with Horace. Now, these are special because 37-hour boil, which is... Holy shit. Which is obnoxious. Like, I, that's crazy, right? And also, 37 months sleep in barrels. So, uh, they did a non adjunct one called How Soon Is Now. And they did an adjuncted one as well. How Soon Is Later. And it's a black barley wine with Indonesian vanilla. That's got to be super, super thick. Yes. It's got to be like syrup. Yeah. I really want to. <laughs> I really want to try those. Yeah. I mean, Pulpit Rock makes some amazing beers. Again, um, if you haven't had any Pulpit Rock beers, like seek them out. That's definitely a brewery that is putting out some really, really good stuff. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening to season two, episode fifty-three of America the Brutal. Until next time, America, drink up and stay beautiful. You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not. Telling you why Santa Claus is coming to Better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why.